We are the anchors of Queer News Tonight, and this evening we discuss the queer headlines. Harvey Milk Foundation honors Billy Porter, Belinda Carlisle, Spencer Battius, and more at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino March 9th. Exciting year ahead for LGBTQ plus cinema. Streaming hits and upcoming releases signal bright future for queer representation in film. Elon Musk faces backlash over Twitter renaming. Stephen King's dead naming tweet sparks heated exchange on platform. U.S. Census Bureau adopts LGBTQ plus inclusion. New survey questions that address sexual orientations, gender identity for comprehensive data collection. Greece legalizes same-sex marriage. Government embraces human rights and the LGBTQ plus community celebrates with an impromptu pride parade in Athens. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Queer News Tonight. This is the world's first and only LGBTQ plus daily evening television news broadcasting live and then available on demand. Available on all smart televisions, including Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, Amazon Fire TV, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. It's time to queer up the news. It's Monday, February 19th, 2024. We are live and literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your important stories we're going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight. This is the world's first live daily LGBTQ evening news show, literally out of the closet and into the headlines on Queer News Tonight. I'm your anchor at Queer News Tonight, Faye, what? And this evening we bring you the news of and perspective representing the LGBTQ plus community from South Florida, America, and across our planet. This is the world's first and only unedited live LGBTQ plus evening news show. Whatever happens unique in LGBTQ plus news, you will see it and hear it. Hotspots Magazine, Happening Out Television Network is a nonprofit 501c3 media company in the same model as PBS and NPR, but designed for the LGBTQ plus community. Our mission is to support the 10 pillars of our LGBTQ plus community. We want to inform and educate the key issues of our black community, Latino, lesbians, and queer women, trans students, youths, seniors, HIV AIDS, healthcare, business, social justice, and faith. Help us support our community. We are part of one of the largest LGBTQ plus media companies in America, Hotspots Magazine and Happening Out Television Network. In 2024, our magazine is celebrating 40 years of the LGBTQ plus experience and our television news, talk and entertainment shows support our mission to educate the LGBTQ plus and broader community. That's right. So let's begin by welcoming anchor Dino Mosquera. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I love Dino. So Dino joined the Miami Gay and Lesbian Film Festival in the late 90s and now serves on the Outshine Film Festival's Board of Directors. Welcome, Dino. Thank you, Mama. So tell me, tell me, tell me, what are you doing? I know you're doing something with Queen Tut, right? Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Yes, as a matter of fact, this uh, Friday, this uh, this weekend, this Saturday, sorry, is going to be a free event at the uh, Little Haiti Cultural Center. We're, we're showing a film called Queen Tut from Canada and uh, it's, uh, it's a great comedy and uh, it's gonna be, you know, follow with some uh, entertainment and some uh, uh, drinks and, and, and little bites at the event. Uh, it's a great, uh, you know, way to 
as we get heading to the film festival, which is coming in, mm -hmm. in, April, in April, we're trying to promote the festival ahead of, uh, you know, and then we're going to be also at the Miami Beach Cape Pride. So we're having different events and this is a free event for the community. So I hope you can join us on Saturday uh, at 7.30 p.m. at the Little Haiti Cultural Center for Quintet. I love that. Quintet cocktails and cinema. So make sure that you go on out and support. Next up, let's welcome Robert Keston. Robert believes in universal human rights and has dedicated crucial years of his life to the integration of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights around the world. He conceptualized the UN Decade of Human Rights Education and is now the ED of Stonewall National Museum Archives and Library. Welcome back, Robert. I know you've got this little itty bitty party coming up. Tell me about it. I got my dress. I'm well, it's, I'm glad that you're coming. It's also <laughs> on the 24th, so we will be competing with Tut, um, but with a lot of different people and in a different city. So yes, it should be an amazing night uh, with Diana Nyad, who on that same night, her film Nyad will be up for the SAG Awards with uh, Jodie Foster for supporting actress and Annette Bening for lead actress. So I know that Diana will be sitting there looking at her cell phone, watching the SAG Awards. And um, uh, Bening and Foster just won the AARP Awards for best uh, leading actress and supporting actress. So they're on a roll. Wow. I'm really looking forward to see Diane and I at in person. I really am. Okay. I'm really Robert. I'm not going to bum rush her or anything. Okay. I'm going to keep my distance because I love you and I don't want to embarrass you. Okay. You, you could never embarrass. I, I, I totally could. Tell him, you know, tell him I could embarrass oh, him. Give okay. her a chance. Okay. You know, but I saw the movie because of you, you know, I started reading one of the books because of you. So I really am like looking forward to meeting Diana. I mean, think about the longevity. Think about what she's done. You know, I mean, all, all the, the movie is incredible. And it deserves an Oscar. And I really hope that they get those flowers because they really do deserve it. And then just her her change on trans, you know, on, on her feelings about trans. It takes such an incredible person to say, hey, I did some research. And now from my own experiences, I don't feel the same way that I did a couple of years ago. This is how I feel about trans athletes. That is a real woman right there. So I'm really looking forward to just being in her presence at your gala. There are a few people who are that courageous. Yes. For sure. That's right. So, Faye, I know you run a uh, Face First family mm -hmm. and, and are passionate about um, your love for animals. For sure. So, uh, you're supporting Women for Paws Puppy Love Affair at our house, February 22nd. Tell me what's going on. What's yeah. So, okay. Women for Paws is an incredible organization. It's led by one of my friends who is just incredible, Grace Lopez, right? And so, Women for Paws t helps, helps women or even men that are going through cancer, helps them with their pets. A lot of people, they have to give up their pets because they have to use their money towards, um, you know, towards uh, payment for, their, for chemo or for stuff like that. And a lot of people have to give up their pets during such a hard time. Women for Paws doesn't want anybody to give up their, their pets during such a, um, a, a struggle, a health struggle like that. So they come in, they bring food, they help you take your pets to the vet. They do so much. And for, um, and for them, they are having a fundraiser at our house, that famous Our House, and it's going to be this Thursday. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just look up Women for Paws Puppy, uh, Women for Paws Puppy Love Affair at Our House, and you can get your tickets then. Tickets, I think, are like 45, 50 bucks. It comes with food, entertainment. It's going to be a lot of fun. You could bring your pet. Yes, you lesbians, bring your pet and gay boys as well, okay? It's going to be a lot of fun. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. It's for an incredible, incredible cause, and you and your pet will have a great day out, right? You know, and honestly, there is no better wingman than a pet, okay? If you're single and you're looking for somebody else, 
I agree. Bring your pet out. Even okay? if you're not single and looking for somebody else, I hear that work too. <laughs> that part, what he said. So we are the reporters for Queer News tonight, and this evening we begin with the queer headlines. The LGBTQ plus community in South Florida and across America is diverse. Our community across the world is vast, and here are the bullet points of the Queer News for Monday, February 19th, 2024. Let's begin by queering up South Florida and Florida. Billy Porter leads honorees for Harvey Milk Diversity Honors at Seminole Hard Rock, March 9th. Diversity Honors, an iconic event benefiting the Harvey Milk Foundation and the Pride Center at Equality Park, is set to host an exclusive evening at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino on Saturday, March 9th. The lineup of honorees includes the multi-talented Billy Porter, celebrated for his Emmy, Tony, and Grammy award-winning performances, who will be presented with a Harvey Milk Champion medal that evening. Joining him are music icon Belinda Carlisle, recognized for her LGBTQ plus activism, and Native American artist Spencer Battius. Entrepreneur Mark Hunter Seymour will also be honored with the Pride Center at Equality Park Alan Schuber Award. The incredible, beautiful, and just one and only Miss Tatiana Williams and the Gay Men's Chorus of South Florida will also be recognized during the event. Sponsored by the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Hollywood, with additional support from platinum sponsor DMK. Dan Montague, uh, I'm sorry, Dan Montague King, Diamond Sponsors, Stoli Vodka, and Seminole Coconut Creeks Casino and other sponsors as well. The evening promises a glamorous affair for sure. The Harvey Milk Foundation is one of the world's most important civic civil uh, rights organizations. The ED is Stuart Milk. Guests will enjoy a cocktail reception featuring entertainment by Miss Bouvier, followed by a seated dining experience with musical performances by Debbie Holiday. The festivities will continue with the Stoli Spirit of Change after party poolside at the Guitar Hotel, featuring Stoli Espresso Martinis, marmaids, mermen, and magicians, and more. Tickets for the cocktail chic event are priced at $250 per person and can be reserved at diversityhonors.org. I'm really excited about this gala as well. You know, Diversity Honors is a fun event. I went last year um, and last year they were honoring Chevron Jones and Latrice Royale. They've always got incredible honorees and this year is no different. Belinda Carlisle! <laughs> well, it's interesting because when we had Billy Porter this past fall mm -hmm. at our event, that's when Mr. Milk met him. Oh, really? So, a synergy. It is a synergy. And your event was just so incredible. You know, so we had you had Billy Porter at the venue for Stonewall. And somebody was like, hey, if Stonewall Museum can use Billy Porter, we've got to acknowledge him, too. Right. Well, it's just interesting because Stu Stuart Milk was there and I we introduced them. So I'm very glad to see that this works out for the betterment of our community because Billy is so powerful mm. yeah. and will undoubtedly have an opportunity to speak there when he gets his award. Yeah. And um, he doesn't mince words. And that's a good thing. Listen, yeah, right. at your event, right? You, I was like, what is he going to talk about? And you're like, I didn't even give him a script. I just said, hey, talk and do whatever you want. That is how Billy Porter works. Yes. Wow. Wow. I think you could look online to see the speeches at um, at Robert's event. And again, like he says, Billy doesn't mince words. I really look forward to seeing him get this event at the Seminole Hard Rock. I uh, recently saw, I think it was the Go-Go's documentary. Oh, really? Right? <laughs> <laughs> to prepare myself to see Belinda Carlisle, I, unlike 
Diana Nyad, I am going to stalk her and try to, <laughs> and try to lick her leg. Um, you know, the gay men's chorus the is being honored. Chorus. I love the gay men's chorus, what they do and what they bring to our community and their freaking talent. It's just ridiculous. Um, Tatiana Braxton Williams, I mean, I can sit here and I would take me the whole entire hour to just say all the wonderful things that she does for the trans community, everything that she does for BIPOC community, everything that she does for women in general. Um, and she's also being um, spotlighted as well um, as part of a trans trans-inclusive group and she's just a kick-ass individual so get your tickets today it's going to be an awesome event march 9th it's going to be indoors and outdoors so everybody's going to be a fabulous time and the food is always que rico last week last year i was walking around with scallops in my hand it's all, they were that good it's also important to recognize the hard rock because they donate space and they really make these things so affordable uh, that most of the other venues in the community cannot afford to do. Mm. So that generosity. That um, spectacular and, venue. But they give it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, Fantastic. they don't charge for it. So it allows ticket prices to be less than when you're in another venue. Wow. Because there we have to pay for the costs of the, of the right. place that we're doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they allow these kinds of, they do a few events each year for usually the same organizations mm -hmm. over and over again. But that is a really good thing that they do for our community. That's wonderful. I didn't even know that, Robert. And I mean, think about it. That's a big price tag right there is the venue oh, of, yeah. an, of a fundraiser sure at this capacity, you know? Especially so, that, that kind of venue. Well, in Hard Rock, like when you see Hard Rock on an invitation, you're like, yes, I am foo-foo. I'm bougie this evening. I'm going to the Hard Rock. So Diversity Honors, get your tickets today. Now, next, let's queer up entertainment. Here are the queer films coming out in 2024 that you can get excited about. The film industry that highlights the LGBTQ community is going through a golden era. Productions like Red White and Royal Blue, Lonesome and Creasy Judy are setting the stage for an exceptional season in queer cinema. Notable releases such as Rotting in the Sun of an age and shortcomings have already captivated audiences hinting at a promising future for LGBTQ plus representations on screen. Looking forward, 2024 is poised to deliver groundbreaking films that may rival even the most iconic queer classics with streaming hits like Giuseppe Fiorello's Fireworks and Dan Levy's Good Grief, as well as the theatrical release including Goran Stolevsky's Housekeeping for Beginners, the diversity and depth of the LGBTQ plus storytelling continue to flourish. Recent entries at the Sundance Film Festival, such as Miko, Michaela, Sebastian, and Stevan Arango's Pony Boy, further underscore the growing prominence of queer narrative in mainstream cinema, highlighting the upcoming LGBTQ plus films late titles like How to Have Sex and I Love You More promise to push boundaries and offer fresh perspectives on love and identity, with eagerly awaited releases like Daniel Menahan on Swift Horses and Luca Guadagnino's Queer on the Horizon Anticipation for Diverse and Inclusive Storytelling in 2024 reaches new heights among LGBTQ plus movie buffs. Like myself, like, you. like myself, <laughs> I can. I'm very excited about what's coming out in queer cinema. As you guys know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm part of the programming group of the. I'm, I'm on the board of the director of the 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 Oshine Film Festival. This is what we do year round. We look out for great uh, 
queer stories and we as a matter of fact we show last year uh housekeeping for beginners which is a fantastic film from north macedonia mm. same director actually the director is australian but uh it, it lives in australia he's from north macedonia he also made out of uh, of an age fantastic films you have to see this film it's so good it's a lesbian story actually mm -hmm. uh, a lesbian and a gay story so many good films are coming out look at Guadagninos who made uh, Call Me By Your Name is coming out with Queer so uh, there's so many good films coming out this year and actually we're screening films right now for our upcoming film festival in April and uh, you can see you know after the pandemic stories are getting you know bigger and, and more significant a lot of topics that we mm -hmm. have not covered and more past. money into production too for absolutely. these films as well right absolutely it's so it's so good what's coming out mm -hmm. and even you know netflix are getting you know it's yeah. getting on the you know the boat with the uh, uh red and and i right and on that boat with the right or a buyer you know rustin right you know, rustin, right. Um, you know I, I i i'm embarrassed to say that you know as queer as i am and i'm constantly screaming about our community i only watch lgbtq plus films twice a year at your film festival mm. i'm embarrassed to say that okay well that's not true you watch niad did you watch rustin yet i did See? i watched so, both i did but, but and not even at the film festival well but because of the film festival is that it opened my horizons to be able to sit through another lgbtq plus film you know for years past when you think of an lgbtq plus film you'll think of low budget right you'll absolutely. think of actors you don't know you'll think of a storyline that is missing something or that it's just too stereotypical gay 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 i don't want to see that either robert you know what i mean like i, I, I want to see a real story about us that is what is so amazing about what's out now um, um what is the one housekeeping for beginning no 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 the one that was an eight-part series on showtime oh, oh, oh fellow travelers fellow travelers oh, fellow travelers that oh my god even i know yeah. that one so yeah. you know Traveler. that was historical amazing. it was very high budget it amazing. was extraordinarily Beautiful. acting mm -hmm. uh and i think that the number of product that the product that's out now is amazing it's making money and because it's making money the investment in future films is going to be huge yeah. the other thing that's so important is not only does this give visibility for younger people in our community to see themselves but it also fosters a relationship with the straight community because they get used to seeing us as people yeah we normalize our lives absolutely yeah and it reminds me going way back you know Catherine Hepburn wore pants hmm. women in daily life did not but it normalized it and so all of those things film is an extraordinarily powerful tool and I'm glad to see that our community is getting to use it in a way that will benefit everybody yeah. because as we are in everybody's world now they see how we fit in rather than we are there but not invited yes completely and it could even be an educational tool robert you know what i mean because it, i'm bro i'm brought back to like dino you and i met like officially like in 2020 like mm -hmm. during pandemic mm -hmm. right and uh, outshine had brought that new opportunity that people were able to see these movies at home for the first time because of pandemic right and i had straight people tell me that they had seen a gay film through outshine and it was just kind of like educational they had never they don't know a trans person they've never met a trans person but they're first you know but they've heard horror stories or bullshit or false information and then they see a movie that, that spotlights trans life and outshine and it's the real story 
right? And it's the human story. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it makes it, it, it makes it more relatable. It makes it, you know, less scary. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm thrilled that at our gala, we're bringing the people from The Stroll. Mm -hmm. The Stroll is a an HBO Max documentary on trans women of color who survived the streets wow. after getting kicked out of their homes, losing their jobs, losing everything. And these are the women that survived, and they'll be with us on Saturday night. You know, I, I, it's I mean, very exciting to me that also when we, because we get films from all over the world, right? When you start seeing film, because I mean, coming from America, from the UK, from, you know, France and those countries, yes, it's a long tradition of uh, LGBTQ films from those countries. But when we start getting stories from countries that, you know, traditionally have not highlights yes. gay stories or LGBTQ stories, that's important. That's very significant. And, and actually good stories. Like, like, like from where? Like housekeeping for, for beginners. Mm -hmm. I mean, North Macedonia. I mean, when? Yeah. I, I mean, Georgia, the country, not the state. <laughs> Ukraine. Ukraine. We had movies from Ukraine. I mean, well, I, I think that it's striking that there are as many gay and lesbian films that have come out of both the Palestinian and Israeli market Truth. Um, of people who have fallen in love. Yeah. And it's really Romeo and Juliet or Romeo and Romeo and Juliet and Juliet. And it really does humanize a situation Absolutely. that for most people seems completely untenable. Yeah, and right now we're getting films from, I mean, particularly from Latin America, you know, Mexico, Argentina, very good quality films. I mean, I'm not just saying just to, to check the, you know, the box, you mm -hmm. know, no, good quality films that are going to be doing very well in the, in the, in the international market. I mean, do you guys see, uh, all of us strangers from the UK coming mm -hmm. out this last year? Fantastic Is it film. Really? Wow. It's so good. I mean, it was nominated to the BAFTA. Right. Unfortunately, did not make it to the Oscar, but it's a fantastic film. And, you know, deserves to be shown. And, and it's, it's, it's a good, you know, caliber film that it will compete with any other, you know, big production. Well, so it, that is fantastic to me. I'm going to send the movie How to Have Sex to some of my gay boys. Yes. That I really need to know. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to send a housekeeper for beginning to my wife. Well, I mean, <laughs> How to Have Sex is about women mostly, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. I think it'll be perfect. Support LGBTQ plus films. Absolutely. Okay, it's important. They are telling our stories, all right? And they're getting the budget that they deserve. So make sure that your eyes are watching them because they deserve it. And next, let's queer up business. Stephen King trolls anti-trans Elon Musk and dead names Twitter. Elon Musk, the Tesla and SpaceX billionaire who bought Twitter and renamed it X, is facing backlash for urging people to use the new name instead of the old one. In a heated exchange on the platform, Musk called out author Stephen King for sticking to the original name. King, in a tweet referring to a New York Times article, mentioned the, uh, the platform by its former name, prompting Musk to accuse him of, quote, deadnaming, unquote, X. Queer social media could be heard in an explosive community collective laugh. Deadnaming is when someone uses a person's previous name without their approval, often associated with transgender individuals. In response, Musk mocked King, insisting on using the new name and telling him to, quote, respect our transition, unquote. This exchange stirred controversy online with many criticizing Musk's approach to the situation. 
One user on X responded, quote, if you can use your, chi your child's old name, you can use your app's old name, Elon. You're not winning here, unquote. King's comment stemmed from a report by the Tech Transparency Project mentioned in the Times. The report suggested that X might be breaking U.S. sanctions by accepting payments from entities prohibited from conducting business with American companies. These entities include state-controlled media outlets and extremist groups from Russia and Iran. The investigation revealed instances where leaders of organizations like Hezbollah and Houthi rebels purchased subscriptions on the platform, granting them access to blue verification checkmark and additional privileges. King reinforced his opposition to the name change by repeatedly posting Twitter, Twitter, Twitter in a message criticizing Musk's tendency to associate his personal brand with, well, everything. So it's like everything is politics now and everybody bashes and everybody uses platforms to bash other people and we don't make progress that way. And Elon Musk is definitely one person who does not want to be outbashed. And so he goes after writers like Stephen King. He goes after it. It's like most of us have learned that if you want something to go away, you do not post. You do not respond. Yeah, and don't interact. E right. Yeah. And Elon Musk wants that interaction because his ego won't let him not do it. Yeah. And then he gets upset that people don't do it his way. And Stephen King, who writes the most bizarre books in the world, mm -hmm. is not going to be one to back down. So that makes this news, even when they're really important things out there, that we should be better focused on. Yeah. So two rich white people fighting. And that's what we're talking about, basically. Um, you know, Stephen King is one weird dude. He is. All right. But he writes great shit. OK, <laughs> he really does. And, and I respect him for his art. Um, you know, um, it's super disrespectful for Elon Musk to even try to compare the name of Twitter uh, with um, somebody's transition. Very, very, very freaking disrespectful. There's nothing anywhere near uh, to close to that. You know, I got off. Twitter, and I'm going to keep on calling it Twitter. I got off Twitter the second that he allowed people to be racist, the, the second that he allowed people like Hezbollah and Russia and all these people to get certified checks. I was like, nope, Faye is off this uh, this platform. I, I refuse. And I miss gay Twitter. I do. But like, I'm not going to be a part of any of that. You know, um, you know, gay boys out there, if you're driving a Tesla, you should really look at yourself. OK, because this man doesn't give a shit about our community. He's horrible. He dead names his own sib, his own kid. His own kid. You know, his own kid. That mm -hmm. if that tells you anything, um, it's uh, you know, you can you can't be a racist and you can't support people who are racist and still want to be liked by our community. It's just not going to happen. And someone like Stephen King is going to call you out on your shit because he has nothing to lose. He's white and he's going to be still rich tomorrow and still not gay tomorrow. So he's all right. Uh, what do you think? Dino? I mean, I, I think that I mean, he's an en kind of an enigma to me, Elon Musk. I mean, being so. Yeah, bright on one side. I mean, probably brilliant in many ways, uh, but so is the kind of person that does He's it, kind of like waiting for an opportunity to put his foot in his mouth all the time. It happens all the time with him. And I don't know, like you said, I wonder if he does it on purpose. Sometimes I wonder if this is Asperger's syndrome that mm -hmm. is just not keeping him on, on you know, like uh, control. 
I mean, a guy like him that owns probably the biggest platform in the world, Twitter. Well, it's, <laughs> it's actually not the biggest platform. Well, but you know, it's, but it's a big one. But it's a big one. Yeah. It changes government. It's so influential. It's so, um, yeah, so powerful that a man like him takes over and just doesn't control himself. I mean, he he just came out of one. I mean, he blurred out anti-Semitic comments in his platform, and then he goes, you know, straight to Israel just to, you know, to show people, no, I'm not, I'm not anti-Semitic. I mean. I, I just don't know. Is this done on purpose? You said it. I mean, he he does it with his child all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you do it, it's just so... Just remember, he did not invent Tesla. Mm -hmm. Someone else True. did. Mm -hmm. And he became a business partner and then forced the other guy out. out. And, yeah. So this is not someone who's necessarily scientifically brilliant, right. as he claims. Mm -hmm. um, this is someone who's put or was in business with his cousins who did solar panels. They went out of business. Mm -hmm. So he's had a number of failures, but he's had some shining successes. Mm -hmm. Some of his rockets blow up, some don't. <laughs> so we'll see if he can blow up or not blow up. The thing is that because he has become a media star, the media gravitates towards him and builds up all the things that he says and does. And that's the bigger danger. There's no context around who we make famous anymore. It's true. And that's not a good he, thing. He's becoming the white Kanye West, honestly. I mean, it just, it seems like he's, he can't wait to get on another scandal, another controversy. And say something, say something stupid. Yeah, say something stupid. It seems like he's just fishing out there for this. Well, Kanye and Elon are both junior Trumps. That's right. Uh, Trump's been doing it longer than them, and they are moving in his wake because they see how much attention it gets. Mm. You don't know what they really believe, yeah. but right. they want the media attention Incredible. because it sells stuff. Correct. All right. Next, let's queer up the USA view. The Census Bureau will ask questions about LGBTQ plus people. Why this is important? After persistent advocacy from queer activists, for the first time, the U.S. Census Bureau will incorporate questions about sexual orientation and gender identity into its American Community Survey, ACS, this year, marking a significant step towards LGBTQ plus inclusion in demographic data collection. Presently, the ACS only addresses same-sex couples who are married or cohabitating, representing a fraction of the LGBTQ plus population and excluding transgender individuals and those not in relationships. The, the proposed questions requested by the Census Bureau from President Joe Biden's administration aim to gather vital information for equal employment and civil rights enforcement. The addition of this question is anticipated to provide comprehensive insights into the health, economic, housing, and societal challenges faced by LGBTQ plus individuals due to, st to stigma and discrimination. However, concerns have been raised regarding parental awareness of children's LGBT plus, Q plus identities and the exclusion of terms like intersex, asexual, and pansexual from survey options. Despite opposition from some conservative groups and lawmakers, public feedback on the proposed questions has largely been supportive, acknowledging the importance 
of robust data collection to inform policy decisions and address disparities faced by LGBTQ communities. The forthcoming ACS will offer respondents multiple avenues to answer the questions, including online, mail, phone, or in-person in interviews, ensuring accessibility and inclusivity. The LGBTQ community may finally see who we really are. This is so important. I mean, if they if they don't have our data, the policies are not going to reflect us. If we don't represent our numbers, the real numbers of all of us, not just certain of, of our community. Our community is vast. We have different people with different, uh, you know, backgrounds. If we're not reflected, policies are not going to reflect our our situation. Are not going to protect us. And I could see why many conservative groups want to prevent that from happening most even more so in the state where we live yeah. in the state of florida so uh it's just happening and uh he's trying to erase us and you know the governor of our state so uh so this is so important that joe biden is fighting for this and uh, once again i'm not surprised he's always been that supportive and uh but you know this keeps happening all over the country so they're gonna fight it and we're gonna have to put a fight back so do you really think they're gonna fight it yeah of course they'll fight it they fought last time when they were gonna ask F yes questions. right mm -hmm. um they fought going into um minority communities to mm -hmm. do door-to-door -door. so i did the census last time and it was really an education of where the government fights with itself mm. The census is mandated in the Constitution. It's one of the things that was demanded initially in the Constitution. No amendments, no nothing. It's there. And yet people who claim to be strict constitutionalists are often the ones who fight the hardest against reforming the census in order to better reflect the country. Yeah. And you can't do what the country needs, as you well pointed out, unless you know who's in the country. Right. Completely. And you know, we're not counted. We're not. And we haven't been counted for a long time. And don't even get me started well, on the T. I doubt that the T is is anywhere near correct. It's, and it's, it's, it's not that they're not counted. They're not counted as who they are. As who they are. They're not counted and, as who they are. But, uh, you know, I think about... You know, I had family here that was here illegally, right? And some of them were gay, right? So they're not going to fill out a census because they're afraid that they're going to get deported if they fill out a census, you know? And that was why people were going door to door, like you had said, because many people didn't want to fill it out. And that happens also to gay people and, you know, the whole LGBTQ plus community. But we need to fill these censuses out, Absolutely. people. Like it's how it's how low cost housing is, is given. It's how organizations are given grants to help uh, marginalized folks. It's how the determine who's going to get a member of Congress. Right. The 435 members of the House are divided mm -hmm. based on the census. Yeah. You yeah, know, and I also wonder that because a lot of people is like, you know, is that uh, fear, that stress of coming out once again, you know, because now you're making it publicly to not just your well, friends and your co-workers, but to the community at large. We have to defeat, we have to, we have to face that and we have to, because like we say, if you, you're not putting this reality out there, you're not going to be represented when, when it's time to make decisions. They need to know, and not just couples, I'm not saying just gay couples. Me as a, a, a single gay man, I'm not represented. Yeah. And much less as a Latino gay man. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's so many things, you know. But the thing is, you can do it online. Mm -hmm. You can do it in the privacy of your own home. So there's really little excuse for not doing it. 
because you can do it really privately. Um, also, the forms, the forms don't ask for your name. They ask it's for anonymous. no real identifying uh, features. So you can do it and be counted and help your community and help yourself in so many ways by doing it right. And that's really what this is about. It's being, of it's course. part of being a good citizen. Yeah. Right, and, but it's, it's like, like she's saying, I mean, when, when it's kind of like being illegal and not wanting, even though nobody's gonna know your name or nobody's gonna know who you are, is that, it's what I'm kind of like I'm saying as a fear of coming out because now everybody's gonna know, not, not nobody because your name is not there, but you're basically coming out once again saying, yeah, I'm gay and I live here. And, but if we don't do that, then we're going to be, it's going to be so uh, working against ourselves. Yeah, so people think that you're going to be counted because people don't count, people don't trust the government, especially right. Latinos don't right. trust the government. Right. So they think with this piece of paper, they're going to look, find your fingerprint on it, Robert, and go, right. that Dino is an ego ass. <laughs> that's why you, you know do I mean? it online. And that's, and do that's, it online. And that's not the case. So like Robert says, you do it online in the privacy of your own home, nobody Correct. even knows, okay? If you're gay and your wife doesn't know it, guess what? You can put gay on the form and continue with your day. Exactly. All right? That's exactly All right. right. Next. Let's queer up the world view. Watch an impromptu pride parade break out in Athens after gay marriage vote. Pure joy. In a historic move, the Greek parliament approved legislation legalizing same-sex marriage this week, making Greece the first majority Orthodox Christian country to establish marriage equality. The decision, supported by 176 out of 300 lawmakers, marks a significant victory for human rights and LGBTQ plus couples in the country. Prime Minister Mitsosakis hailed the decision as a milestone for human rights, emphasizing Greece's commitment to progressive European values. The new law grants parental and children's rights to same-sex couples, allowing them to adopt and receive full parental recognition. While surrogacy remains a contentious issue, the legislation recognizes the status of existing offspring born through surrogacy abroad. The legislative move carries significance beyond Greece, aligning the country with 20 other European nations and bolstering its human rights image ahead of upcoming European elections. It also serves to distance the ruling party from recent controversies, including allegations of wiretapping, wiretapping migrant pushbacks, and media freedom issues. Greece's ranking as the last among EU countries in the 2023 World Press Freedom Index adds urgency to this image rehabilitation. Whatever the political impact of the decision could be, the viral video of the impromptu pride parade in Athens after the victory says it all. It is a winning moment for the present and future LGBTQ plus community of Greece. <laughs> Look at the happiness, the joy in their faces just because they get to love who they love, right? And it's saying on paper, I am married to this person officially. Like, what a beautiful thing. You know, love is love. Love just doesn't, it doesn't matter what a person has between their legs. It's what it's in their hearts, right? And Greece passing this finally, it's a beautiful step towards just equal human rights for everybody across the world. You know, I was, I spent some time in Greece, right? Me and some folks here from Happening Out uh, last year, and it was so freaking gay. Like, it was just so gay, okay? All the ruins are very gay, okay? <laughs> Athena was very gay. Poseidon was very gay. A lot of that was very, very gay, you know? And they were just, they were very welcoming. There was like 60 of us LGBTQ plus people that came from South Florida, and no one had an issue. 
Everybody was just very, nobody, you know, like when you tell somebody, it's like, oh, somebody says, hey, are you married? And I go, yeah, I have a wife. I'm used to, I'm used to that. I get that a lot, right? There was nothing. We greased people. Yeah, there's my wife. Okay, cool. Hey, tell her to come along. It was just very welcoming. I loved, loved Athens. I loved everything that had to do with Athens. So this news tickles my heart, makes me happy for those people that now get to live their true authentic self, loving who they love. Legally. Legally. Legally, right. And I mean... Greece is the, the, they invented beauty. I mean, uh, to me, in my eyes, I mean, this is like, you know, so gay. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it, they, they, we follow after them. I mean, if anything, and democracy, democracy was born there. Yes. So, I mean, there's so many things that I, I understand is the Christian Orthodox that have prevented that. I mean, I get it. And it's all over the Eastern European countries, but, uh, you know, being part of the, the European Union, you, you wonder why it took this long, you know? And you see, even within the European Union right now, as we speak, countries that have passed that before are now going backwards, like Italy. I mean, a country like Italy, another one, kind of like on the same, you know, to me, in the same level as Greece, but now stepping back. You know, I don't know if Italy would consider itself on the same level. Right, but I'm saying in terms of beauty and art, oh, culture, yeah. you yeah, know, history, history mm -hmm. in the same level of, you know, the, the civilizations, the importance of those civilizations. But that right now, you know, Italy is going backwards in yeah. terms of social rights. And, yeah, Georgia Maloney. I mean, this is this is so... And Hungary, other countries like, you know, Hungary, even Poland, mm -hmm. and countries that are, you know, but those are Eastern European countries, but even Italy, a Western, you know, uh, industrialized society. Well, just, but remember, in 1943, 1923, Mussolini became mm -hmm. the dictator of Italy, the first fascist. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly 100 years later, she became the second fascist elected. Mm -hmm. So And looks up to Mussolini. Her party follows the Mussolini's. Yes. Uh, uh, um, so it's very Cuba. important to recognize that the fear of what's going on in the world is driving people to what they perceive to be strong leaders. We know from the Navalny incident in Russia that these faux strong leaders are not strong. And that's why what Greece did is so amazing mm. because it goes against the grain that we see in all of these other places. And they said, we are gonna be on the right side of history regardless of what these other places are doing. Hungary, go screw yourself. Yeah. Italy, take a hike. Greece is going to do what's right and it's not easy because of our religious orthodoxy here, but we're setting the tone for Ukraine and Russia and all of those and Turkey and all of those other places where orthodoxy lives and is highly respected without threatening the existence of the church, but allowing people to be full fledged citizens. And that's really surprising. Especially right now when, when there is a debate because of the Russian-Ukrainian uh, conflict, right? And mm -hmm. how, how you divide, you know, Western civilization and Western values and the Russian, you know, overpowering and, uh, you know, trying to take over. And, you know, these countries that are in the Eastern Bloc, you know, like the Bulgarias and the Hungary and the Romanians and the, and the Czech and, the and, Czech and all those, mm -hmm. they have to basically right now um, follow, you know, Greece's... Uh, um, example lead. and yeah. lead that you know there are certain things that you have to you know 
made very clear and public, either you are with us or you are against us. So, and it's happening as they become part of the European Union and they become part of the, the NATO, uh, you know, allies to be protected, they're going to have to, you know, start embracing this kind of, and this is the battle right now with the Hungaries and the Poland. Right, and, yeah. but you have to remember that we have an American party leader Correct. Mm -hmm. who is saying goodbye NATO. Correct. Yeah. So our democracy here is very fragile. Our community becomes more fragile with the loss of democracy. Mm. It becomes incumbent on all of us and everyone who's watching to do more to strengthen democracy. Because if democracy fails in the United States, mm. and that's one reason these countries are reticent about moving forward, is because they don't know if democracy will hold. Right. Wow. And we have to really be that shining light in the harbor that holds up that torch for democracy, liberty, and freedom. And we can do that, but we have, it's work. Yeah. And we owe it to ourselves and the world. Human rights doesn't exist without democracy. LGBTQ rights, women's rights, labor rights, civil rights don't exist without democracy. It is the base for our survival. Yeah, no, and they can, they can hear what, you know, Donald Trump is saying right now, and he's sounding loud the, and clear, loud and, clear yeah. and that's the fear. I mean, this is the fear that many of them have, you know, these protections are not going to continue, and therefore democracy is at risk, so... It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. But congratulations to all those in Greece for sure. Tonight's broadcast is presented by viewers like you and the generous support of Visit Lauderdale. Everyone under the sun. Next, we are proud of our par special partnership with Sunshine Cathedrals, the world's largest queer church here in Fort Lauderdale. Supported that partnership, we are broadcasting from our permanent set here at the Sunshine Cathedral at the Happening Out Television Studios. We broadcast Sunshine Cathedral's Sunday international service at 10.30 a.m.
We finished tonight's queer news headlines with a segment we call LGBTQ Plus One Minute News. LGBTQ Plus One Minute News. Let's queer up South Florida and Florida. LGBTQ Plus Pride mural in South Florida vandalized again and out-of-town man faces charges. Dylan Brewer, a 19-year-old from Clearwater, was arrested by authorities this week for vandalizing an LGBTQ plus pride mural in Delray Beach, mirroring a previous attack in 2021. Brewer faces charges of felony, criminal mischief, and reckless driving. Surveillance footage captured him defacing the mural with burnouts in a truck bearing a Donald Trump flag. Witnesses provided evidence prompting Brewer's arrest. The Palm Beach County Human Rights Council condemns the vandalism, urging it should be considered a hate crime. The advocacy organization, along with the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, invested $16,000 in the mural's installation. The mural symbolizes inclusivity, making the act particularly egregious. LGBTQ plus one minute news. Let's square up entertainment. George Santos sues Jimmy Kimmel for use of Tamio's videos. Who will win? In a legal showdown, George Santos is taking on Jimmy Kimmel, ABC, and the Walt Disney Company over the use of personalized Cameo videos on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Santos alleged copyright violations stating that broadcasting the videos on the show breached Cameo's term of service. The segments aired in December featured Santos congratulating individuals on unusual achievements like winning a beef-eating contest or cloning a dog. Santos argues that the licenses users receive when purchasing a Cameo video do not permit national broadcasting. With both sides presenting their case, the outcome remains uncertain. Stay tuned with Queer News Tonight at This Battles Unfolds. LGBTQ plus one minute news. Let's queer up Hotspots Magazine. Hotspots Magazine tells you what's hot this week in new edition. Hotspots Magazine's new edition has all the vibrant events taking place in South Florida's LGBTQ plus community this week. It's focusing on Queer Black History Month with Queer News Tonight anchor, drag queen, Bonnie Builder on the cover. This week, celebrate LGBTQ plus from the dazzling Miss and Mr. Noche Latina pageant with an Emerald City theme at Lips Fort Lauderdale to thought-provoking discussions on social justice hosted by the Ojima Men's Collective. If there's something for everyone, there is something for everyone. Join the, G the GFLGLCC's February Mixer for networking opportunities or explore the intersection of diversity and creativity at Arlo Winwood's Black History Month celebration. Dive into culture and support local artists, all while celebrating love and inclusivity in South Florida. Grab a free copy of the new Hotspots Magazine issue to enjoy interesting features, including an interview with David Archuleta and much more. Whoops. LGBTQ plus one minute news. Go ahead, because I'm not there yet. Let's queer up bear culture. Bears of South Florida feature new at Lugo Resort Pool Party March 2nd. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enjoy a fun-filled day while supporting a worthy cause. Saturday, March 2nd marks the Bears of South Florida Pool Party from noon to 4 p.m. at the Ed Lugo Resort. Tickets are priced at $35 with only 150 tickets available. The event features a clothing optional atmosphere and a cash bar 
with lunch included in the ticket price. Proceeds from BOSFL events go towards supporting LGBTQ plus Q organizations. Attendees can enjoy bar and, and beverage services with cash donations accepted. Additionally, there will be a 50-50 raffle for added excitement. Let's queer up the one-minute news gay culture. Wait, what's Aromantic Awareness Week, February 18th to the 24th. This week marks Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week, dedicated to promoting awareness about aromantic spectrum identities within the LGBTQ plus community. Initially recognized from November 10th to the 17th in 2014, it shifted to late February in 2015 to be more inclusive. Aromanticism describes individuals whose experience of romance diverges from societal norms, characterized by little to no romantic attraction or aversion to romance. This year, Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week is celebrated from February 18th to the 24th across the world, aiming to shed light on the challenges faced by those on the aromantic spectrum and celebrate their diverse identities. Studies estimate there may be more than 225,000 LGBTQ plus Americans that identify as aromantic. That is today's news for the LGBTQ plus community on the world's first and only daily LGBTQ plus evening news show. If our community is important to you, share this news with your friends and family. Are you, like most of America, part of our very large television audience watching this live LGBTQ plus news broadcast right, right now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV? Queer News Tonight is the only live LGBTQ plus digital television show in the world that is out of the closet and into the headlines. We need your support if our community is to grow. We must tell our stories and bring them to the attention of the broader world. This is the only place in the world that tells these type of LGBTQ plus stories in motion and sound. That is the passion of Hotspots Magazine, Happening Out Television Network and Queer News Tonight. I'm your anchor, Faye What? And on behalf of these LGBTQ plus reporters, the anchors of Queer News Tonight, including Dino Mosquera and Robert Keston, we will see you daily at 8 p.m. And to our LGBTQ plus world, we wish you good night. Buenas noches.